0: This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals.
1: The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding.
0: Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeats.com. And now on to the episode.
1: Hi guys, welcome back to Portable Peds, our pediatric board review podcast. As always, I'm Sam and I'm Ryan we are gonna roll right into our second endocrine case. So a patient presents with vomiting, abdominal pain, and lightheadedness. On exam, they exhibit hypotension and hyperpigmentation of the gums and palmar creases. There is also a strong family history of autoimmune diseases. Serum electrolytes are abnormal, and during admission, a corticotropin stimulation test confirms the most likely diagnosis. What initial electrolyte abnormalities would you have expected in this patient? A sodium, potassium, and calcium are all increased. B, sodium is decreased, and potassium and calcium are increased. C, sodium and calcium are decreased, and potassium is increased. D, sodium is increased, and potassium and calcium are decreased. And E, sodium, potassium, and calcium are all decreased. So I know it's confusing to hear in an audio format all of the back and forth between decrease and increased. but think about what each of these electrolytes is doing. You can also take a look at our show notes if you want to see it in a visual format as well. Also, while you're thinking about the right answer, we just wanted to let you know that we'll be putting out a short survey to get our listener preferences, and you'll find those links in our social media in the next couple weeks. So take a few seconds think about the answer choices, and we'll come back and talk about which one's right. Alright, so go ahead and pause it if you need more time, but Ryan, do you want to walk us through what is the diagnosis for this patient, and then we'll talk about the answer choices? Sure,
0: so the correct answer for this case is B, so hyponatremia, hyperkalemia, and hypercalcemia. So sodium down and potassium and calcium increased, which we'll talk about in just a sec. But this case is referencing primary adrenal insufficiency, also known as Addison's disease, which is the inability to produce glucocorticoids and or mineralocorticoids by the adrenal cortex. In primary adrenal insufficiency, the adrenal cortex is not responsive to ACTH, which leads to increased ACTH levels through the HPA axis. These increased ACTH levels can then induce renin release by the juxtaglomerular cells of the kidneys. It's important, however, to distinguish between primary and secondary adrenal insufficiency, as secondary adrenal insufficiency is due to inadequate ACTH levels, which means the renin, angiotensin, and aldosterone system is unaffected. The symptoms are then based on the steroid deficiencies. This includes weight loss, fatigue, dizziness, orthostatic hypotension, fever, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and salt cravings, in addition, patients with primary disease can also develop hyperpigmentation through breakdown of endogenous ACTH into alpha-melanocyte-stimulating hormone, or alpha-MSH. This hyperpigmentation particularly occurs in sun-exposed areas, skin creases, mucosal membranes, scars, and the areola of the breast. So like in this patient, they had hyperpigmentation of the gums and palmar creases, so the sun-exposed areas. Now, Sam, back to the question, you wanna talk us through the, the different lab abnormalities?
1: Absolutely. So patients with primary adrenal insufficiency develop multiple lab abnormalities due to steroid deficiencies. The most common electrolyte abnormalities are hyponatremia and hyperkalemia, although hypercalcemia and hypoglycemia are also common, especially when a patient is in adrenal crisis. On CBC, these patients can also have an anemia, eosinophilia, and or lymphocytosis depending on the etiology of their illness for the Endocrine Society clinical practice guideline for the diagnosis and treatment of primary adrenal insufficiency which was published in February 2016 the treatment for adrenal crisis is hydrocortisone followed by appropriate fluid resuscitation with isotonic saline the hydrocortisone is initially given as a 100 mg flat dose or 50 mg per meter squared in children this is then followed by 200 mg or 50 to 100 mg per meter squared of hydrocortisone given over the next 24 hours, either as a continuous IV infusion or six hourly injections. The patient may also need resuscitation with dextrose containing fluids for hypoglycemia if that's also an issue. So that wraps up our case for today. Definitely take a listen to this one again because I know it can be a little bit confusing with increase and decreasing levels and especially when we talk about multiple electrolytes. But you can also look on our website at portablepeds.com for the show notes and look at it in a visual format too and we know that boards are also coming up, so it's a great review, and we wish you guys the best of luck, and happy studying. We're here for you.
0: Bye, guys. Good luck on boards.
1: See you.